Hello, this is Tuffer Cervic, and before the podcast starts, I would like to read to you a part of my short story, Crashing Bird. It is found in Plumbago Issue 3, which is out now for you to buy with money, which you should do. He heard a pencil had six miles in it, so the few he had might not last him. There were less than a dozen left, and he had hundreds of miles to go. His heart put him on this journey, but it seemed like the bastard pushed him through the gate and didn't wave goodbye. The window seat costs more money than he should have spent. But this all started by him trying to get the things he wanted, so he paid the extra money. Matthew pulled his lap belt tight enough to show off his inexperienced flying and weighed it to be scared. I am not a bird. I am an animal without wings. I do not understand what is happening. Flying is not in my bones. He repeated the mantra over again. It calmed him and brought him peace. But he whispered it to himself so loudly that the person next to him was annoyed before they even left the tarmac. And in fact, even after they took off. She put on headphones before the attendant said she could, and Matthew took the notebook he bought for the trip out of its cellophane and a half dozen pencils from his jacket. Matthew knew his name and the date, so that part was written easily. He didn't know which city he was over, so he just wrote air, which made him feel fancy. He turned to the second blank page, and the tip of his pencil hovered over the paper. Then he rested it on the paper. Matthew adjusted himself in his seat and rested the graphite against the paper again. I wish I could high-five you right now. (laughs) 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 That was even better than a (laughs) high-five. Hello, and welcome to episode 9-0 of the Erasable Podcast. We're happy, finally healthy, and glad to be back from a long break due to all these winter maladies that have been going around. Tonight, we're talking about contemporary replacements for vintage and limited edition stationary items. I'm Tim Wassum, hosting tonight, and I'm joined by my irreplaceable contemporary cohorts, Andy Welfley and Johnny Gamber. Hello, Tim. Hey, guys. How are you feeling? I'm feeling much better. I, I, I should I should say my family's feeling much better. I had the lightest case of all the junk, all of them. So <laughs> yeah, um, I got junk. I got got it better. Uh, but yeah, we're on the mend. Nice. The barfing is gone. We're just <laughs> got some lingering coughs, uh, but it's you know almost it was almost eighty degrees outside today. So uh, yeah. can't complain. That was that was good for the good for the lungs to get out and be out outside for the first time and. <laughs> two months <laughs> he steps into the sun <laughs> squinting yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it burns yeah uh, <laughs> yeah how about you johnny how are you guys doing yeah we're we're um on the on the mend and it's good. it's warm here too but it's cooling off for tomorrow which is good because it's too much too quickly mm-hmm. it was in the 80s today i'm like nah no. oh man that's no. shock to the system it's been chilly here in yeah. san francisco it's been like you know, down in the upper 30s at night, and it was like 40 most of the time here today. That's crazy. Oof. Whoa, isn't that like super cold? 
That's really cold for here, yeah. But I don't know. Global we- cooling, weather, man. Weather, man. Yeah, I'll say, watch it. You're going to start <laughs> talking about climate change. We're going to get political on here. Oh, yeah. We've never we've never done that. <laughs> it's not None a of us are interested statement. in that. So. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, just, just because science. the place that has the perfect climate happens to be 30 degrees. Right <laughs> All right. Well, that's not science. <laughs> that's my, uh, I, I definitely want more of Johnny, like just interjecting with his mouth harp. <laughs> that that's not science. That's Don't fantastic. talk politics more. <laughs> that could be like our like hold up sign. Like, oh no 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 wait 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 wait. <laughs> no, you're going too far. Going too far. <laughs> like, that's that's crazy talk. You know. <laughs> So glad you have this mouth harp. <laughs> yes. Oh, I man, got this in the gift shop at Fort McHenry. <laughs> of course. I, yeah. I lose it for three years at a time, and then I find it. I'm like, ooh, mouth harp. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think you know, we're all excited to talk about this. I think this is something that a lot of people think about, but um, I hope that this topic can be a sort of anecdote to always looking for something newer and better and waiting for something else and demanding something new because a lot of the time we have these items that uh, we get that are limited editions or they're older and they've been you know gone for a while and if you look around there's such a wide variety of options out there wider than a lot of people realize that there are some pretty decent analogs yeah mm-hmm. no pun intended for <laughs> for these tools so that'll that'll be fun to talk about but before we do that Let's uh, get into our tools of the trade. And Johnny, can you start us out? Sure. Um, so, are we going to do the consuming section? Because mine's a very big list. Yours is Go very big. It. Awesome. So, did you guys watch Altered Carbon on Netflix yet? Not yet. Never heard of it. Oh, so good. Altered Carbon. Yeah. Okay. Um, I read the book that it's based on, and it was really good. Um, like a long time ago, very, I read that. It was but... very violent. What's the book that it's based on? Um, yeah, they call is it, it called Altered Carbon. Yeah, it's called Altered Car- Carbon. Was yeah. it? Is it oh, Philip okay. K. Dick? Is that who wrote it? Um, I will look I it no up. Idea. Yeah, that is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, it's by Richard K. Morgan, but it's very, it's very Philip mm-hmm. K. Dickish. Say, <laughs> so, yeah, the right middle initial. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, it's part of it is like set in San Francisco, right? Or yeah, ba- they call the it um, base. They call it Bay City. Bay City. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People live on the bridge. Yeah, pretty crazy. It was. <laughs> um, I, I enjoyed it. We like binged the crap out of that thing. There's a lot of boobs on the weekend. There's a lot of nudity and a lot of violence. And there's a hotel that manifests itself as Edgar Allan Poe, which is pretty awesome. Wow. <laughs> Poe has a shotgun. <laughs> Which he uses liberally, <laughs> as one would. Right. Yeah, if you're Allan Poe. Yeah, yeah. There's another uh, Netflix special called Dirty Money. It was um, I don't remember a six part documentary series. The first one was about Volkswagen. We watched that right before we got sick. And the last one was about um, our president, hmm. but not about him as a politician. About him as a confidence man. It's called the Confidence Man. <laughs> But um, so while I was watching Altered Carbon, I read The Plot Against America and Handmaid's Tale, which are both sort of, you know, dystopian, dark 
novels. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the plot against America was super good, but like kind of horrifying. And, um, you know, when you're reading Philip Roth. Yeah. You're like, this could freaking happen. (laughs) Yeah. I need to to read that. I I started that at some point and then I didn't, hadn't finished it. It's really a page turner. I was like, my God, this is a really good book. And also like, I'm going to go in the bathroom and just hide. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, and then I finally finished uh, Our Guide Around to Reading Moonglow by Michael Shabon, which was so nice. good. It's so good. I loved that book. Man. That was like easily his best book since um, Cavalier and Clay. Maybe better than Cavalier and Clay. I don't know. I have to read Cavalier and Clay again. It's pretty fantastic. Time. I'm yeah, pretty partial to, uh, to the Yiddish Policeman's Union. Oh, that's a good uh, one. That was... That was so good. And I actually haven't read Telegraph Avenue. That's the only novel of his I haven't read yet. And I, I, I know I need to, especially with the so, jazz connection. Yeah, I used yeah. a Telegraph pencil in my book while I was reading it. Frankie got the joke. It's like, look at this. Nice. <laughs> Telegraph <laughs> Avenue was good. I liked it. A lot of people didn't like it. But I don't know. You know, I would read his grocery lists. Yeah, for sure. Big <laughs> Shabon fan. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I got to meet him. Did I tell you the story already? No. What? No. I got to I got to meet him in. Uh, I went to Michigan to the. It was called the Festival of Faith and Writing when I was in college, and he was the keynote speaker one of the nights. It was it was him and Jan Martel, the uh, Life of Pi author, were the keynote speakers, and they did a signing. And so I got to you know talk to him for a second, and then he d- he did a signing. And the way that he signed was amazing because I handed him a copy of Maps and Legends, and mm-hmm. he. Uh, and while we were talking, all of a sudden he like looked around and he, and we were inside, we we're like in a convention center kind of thing. Well, it was at a college, but we were in this stu- uh, big, what do you call it? Amphitheater. Yeah. And he looks over in one direction and just like focuses in away from me and then draws an arrow that way and makes a compass and says north, the direction that he was facing. <laughs> 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 and then signed his name under it. I just thought that was fantastic. That's yeah, I hope it was just, to- I hope it was just total BS. Like he was, <laughs> that was just like one of his sticks. He's like, I'm going to pretend like I can find north at all times. And, um, <laughs> and <laughs> at Calvin college in Michigan. But, I know, yeah, I know people who just, cool. Regularly see him like at a restaurant in Berkeley, or just like him and yeah. I yell it, and they're like three million kids just like randomly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's my hero. I love that guy. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um. So my only follow up is that if you're a fan at all of music, you should check out the new Wombats album. Beautiful people will ruin your life. If nothing else, for the title, <laughs> and the first song is called Cheetah Tongue, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, um. I am writing with a Faber-Castell Castell 9000 in B, which is almost Steinbeck length, in an Insights notebook, which features the New York skyline from the 1920s from the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them film. It's actually a really nice book. It's sort of a Moleskine-style book. Nice. How about you, Andy? Hi. um, What have I been consuming lately? Um been watching a lot of the olympics just because it's on and it's it's always really interesting i uh tim i see you've been watching the olympics yes what do you think about that new big sky event have you watched any of that i haven't seen that yet it's a it's a new like snowboarding jump um where you basically oh oh, oh, oh. yeah it's like the one big jump yeah just one big jump um and i saw some of the women's one like very briefly i was cleaning and, and just kind of saw it in the corner of my eye yeah yeah it was just Oh man, just terrifying looking. 
Like I can't even imagine. But I, something about the Winter Olympics I like better than the Summer Olympics. I just like oh, everything's a little totally with you crazier and like yeah, just watching like the all of the like luge slash skeleton slash um, uh, bobsled sports are just uh-huh. terrifying. Like. Oh god! Just well in the yeah. the the uh, snowboard half pipe. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially the men's snowboard half pipe because they get so much air. Is it's one of the few things I, wa- I watch on TV that's li- I can literally call breathtaking when I watch it. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> they go so high and they spin so many times. Like I just can't believe that it even is humanly possible. And did like, you Chloe Kim and and uh, Sean White? And, I mean, it's just, yeah. It's, did you watch that crazy. poor guy break his neck? He broke his neck. Uh, Swiss skier Joe Gisler. He, yeah, he was doing the half pipe and he just fell and <laughs> and broke his neck. Like he's, oh my like God. he'll he'll be fine. Like he's he's on just like he's recovering. But just yeah, like a he, fracture. Yeah. Oh man, he fractured a vertebrae. Yeah. But I'm to, I'm totally with you about the Winter Olympics, though. I think they yeah. are far more interesting. And like, if I when I watch the Summer Olympics. I get to a point where I'm like, if I see another swimming event, I am going to scream because <laughs> it's like, there's, there's a million of them. Like, yeah, yeah. I get so sick of it. But, uh, yeah, this I'm with you about the skeleton and the yeah. luge and all that. It's insanity. I, I also love watching curling, but only cause I think it's insane looking. And I just love, yeah. I'm just like, who, who made this up? Who thought this was a sport? <laughs> Rock but, sliding. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's fun. <laughs> I like it. Um, so I'm, watching the olympics and we just finished uh a new netflix series somebody feed phil and i can't remember if i've talked about um i'll have what phil's having which was on pbs did i have i mentioned this before i don't think so it's uh so phil rosenthal who is the creator of everybody loves raymond and a writer for many other um sitcoms over the years is also like a big foodie and travels around the world and eats interesting foods and talks to people. He's kind of like a like a PG rated um, Anthony Bourdain, and he <laughs> okay. he yeah he was on um, on PBS for a season for with a show called Somebody. Um, I'll have what Phil's having, and now he is on Netflix. They picked it up, and the show is called Somebody Feed Phil. And he yeah he goes to. Um, Bangkok, and he goes to, uh, oh man, where else? He goes to Vietnam, he goes to New Orleans, he goes um, to Lisbon, Portugal, and he just like eats food and talks to people, and it's pretty great. So, uh, yeah, I like him. I think he's super strange, but he has, he's kind of bug eyes. Um, he's just like like a New York Jewish dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Doing that, and then uh, I am writing in, which I'll talk about later, a Baron Fig Metamorphosis Confidant, which I just started not too long ago. Uh, and I'm using a pencil called a Smart Value pencil. Smart Value is one word. Um, it is a Japanese 2B pencil that looks very much like a um, like a Camel HB uh, that I got from John Morris, which I'll also talk a little bit about. How about you, Tim? Yeah, I've been watching the Olympics, too. I think my favorite event so far which is something that was just like wasn't on my radar is the snowboard slope style event oh yeah if you if you guys watch that i just think that's maybe the coolest thing out there i love watching that and and the half pipe is cool and and uh, i think i get there are certain events where i was talking about swimming that gets like annoying to me 
sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still exciting, but after a while, I'm just like, all right, yeah. give me something else. Because they show, they show it so much on the <laughs> Go away, time. Michael like, Phelps. They, do, they don't show the other stuff. And then right now, I feel like it's the, the downhill skiing, which is yeah. – can be really exciting but there's just so much of it and and it all comes down like you look at the number one through number 15 on the top list are within like a second and a half of each other yeah <laughs> it's just kind of it's kind of crazy but uh yeah i really like this that slope style is really cool um i've been uh listening to i just discovered a guitar player last week uh, his name is julian lodge hmm. and he is I think he's in Los Angeles now, but he's a four, he was a child prodigy, a guitar player. Uh, he hmm. started playing when he was like five or something, and then by the time he was thirteen, he was performing on the Grammys and he had played with Santana on stage and all this crazy stuff. Oh wow! But what's really cool is that as his career went on, again he was he went from playing blues to at a pretty young age transitioning into jazz, hmm. and learned from a lot of really like huge names in jazz guitar and so now he's himself a pretty huge name in jazz guitar uh and jazz is even too specific for him i think because he has these solo acoustic albums he has one called world's fair that the way he described it is he, it's just him on acoustic guitar and he wanted to sound like uh times when you're at a music store and you just hear a guy in the back playing an acoustic guitar and you just want to sit there and listen to it all day or, or just let it go on in the background because it's just, um, you know, good technical playing, but not overly snooty you yeah. know, and over the top. It's a really cool album. But the one I've been listening to the most is his newest one, which is called modern lore, which is a trio album. So it's him, uh, and an upright bass and a, and a drummer. And he plays it all on a telecaster. So it has a really cool sound kind of almost, which is mostly a country, guitar played in country music but he's playing some pretty amazing uh jazz on it so i would recommend it to anybody any of his stuff uh, he also did a partnership with or an album with nels klein from wilco the guitar player from wilco and he did one with chris eldridge guitar player who uh, if you've heard of the punch brothers mm-hmm. uh that uh you know what's what's the guy's name who does the prairie home companion or whatever it's called now Stuart, no, not him. Um, no. Yeah, I know who you're talking Gosh. about. That guy. <laughs> Thiele, Chris Thiele. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, in Chris Thiele's band. So anyway, anything with Julian Lage, it's L-A-G-E is his last name, is really amazing, and uh, I would I'd recommend it highly. Good YouTube videos, too. Look up the Live in Los Angeles uh, music video, uh, the Live in Los Angeles video. They recorded like three songs live in this studio, this like round studio uh, with like the audience all around them and did, I think it was four songs, but really, really cool. I'll, I'll pick one. I'll link to one of them uh, in the show notes for you to see. Cool. Uh, and as far as reading, I finished a couple books. I finished a, that Jack Reacher book and finished some books I was reading for school. And I started reading unbelievable by Katie tour, uh, or Tur. I don't remember how you pronounce it, but she's the, she covered the, uh, Trump campaign, for I, I believe it was NBC. Mm. So she had been the correspondent in Paris or something. And there's like, yeah, hey, we need somebody to cover Trump. <laughs> Can you come back and do it for us? And she said sure. But then she ended up spending 500 days on the campaign trail with him. Oh yeah. And yep. I think she was on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me recently. I feel like uh, she was one of the guests. But 
it's her, it's basically a memoir of what it was like for her to cover the Trump campaign. She was the one who famously was called out by Trump, like one of the first reporters to get called out by name. Yeah. Where he was calling her little Katie and saying she wasn't very nice to him. And then she had to get secret service, uh, escorts into these things because of, into these, you know, insane rallies that he was putting on. So yeah. it's, it's really good, really eye opening, and I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit right now. It was the Kindle deal the other day. Uh, which is a nice surprise because I'd been wanting to read it. Yeah. And I am writing with a natural Muji 2B that Andy, you sent the other mm. day that I got from you on your birthday. <laughs> I yeah, I can't believe <laughs> yeah. how fast that got so. to you. I sent that out on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, yeah. and I love it. I've, I'm, I've already sharpened up two. I've got one at school and I'm using one here. These are, these are pretty great. Yeah, and that that's something that I super fragrant. Yeah, I forgot to put in my show notes, but I'll um, I'll just mention it here real quick. Is that uh, this is fairly new? Like the the wooden pencils from Muji have not been available in the U.S. traditionally, at least at least not in the Bay Area and not in New York. I don't know about the rest, but they had them in London. They have them in uh, Japan, uh, Korea, but only recently somebody posted a picture of like a like this these pencils at a Muji. So I I went there the other day and sure enough there they were so i'm very excited these have made it to the u.s do we have any idea who makes them like do they make them themselves or i i don't know who makes them i've been trying to figure it out um because muji usually just like white labels other products Mm -hmm. um i know brad dowdy says that i can't remember who makes one of their pens um but he he's like pretty sure that like one of their pens is made by this other company that just took their name off of it um Mm -hmm. because muji is japanese for no brand um, mm-hmm. so I can't mm-hmm. figure out who makes it, but I think that we should think about that. See if we can figure it out. Yeah. So I like it a lot. So yeah. thanks, for, thanks Andy for sending that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Enjoying. So I'm always excited to get a new natural naked pencil. Yeah. $2 and 50 cents a dozen. What? Yeah. A dozen? Really? Or however many you got in that or, pack. Or a half dozen? Half still. dozen. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Do they come in different, uh, denominations? They have... They have HB and 2B, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. The 2B is really nice. Yeah. I like, uh, I'm sharpening it using the uh, long point crest, uh, or the, sorry, the uh, the fat pencil classroom friendly sharpener. Mm-hmm. So it puts kind of a medium point on it. It's really yeah. nice. Nice. Uh, but I'm writing with that on a Baron Fig strategist note card. Nice. That. That is me. So let's get into fresh points, and we'll let's go to Andy this time. Andy, why don't you start us out? Sure. Um, well, one thing I wanted to mention is, you know, it's been a little while since we've recorded, but one thing that has happened since then um, is that our good friend of the show, TJ Cosgrove, has started his own podcast. He and um, Stuart Lennon, who runs uh, what used to be called pocketnotebooks.co.uk and is now called Nero's Notes, named after his dog. Um, they have started a podcast called 1857. Um, he actually explains in one, I believe the fourth episode, why it's called that. Um, so check it out. Um, and they just talk about generally the same kind of stuff we talk about, but kind of more broadly focused on just analog. Um, the latest episode as of this recording was episode four, which is about burnout. And they talked a lot about, um, burnout from, from jobs, they talked about time management, um, and they they do eventually kind of tie it into um, like using something analog um, 
timekeepers, diaries, things like that. But yeah, it's very good. Um, it's great to have a podcast um, kind of in our little unofficial family across the pond. So not just Mike Hurley sitting over there recording alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it's great to hear kind of like what TJ's been up to. So check that out. I'll have a link in show notes. Um, have you guys listened to the 1857 yet? Uh, I've listened to the first one so far. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty good. Yeah. They, um, I think they're, they're kind of getting the hang of their pacing and like what they're, what they're talking about, but they are quite serious when recording. I think they've been releasing once a week, which, (laughs) which is a pace I cannot handle. So good job guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also want to mention, I, I just want I just want to say have you guys used the Leuchtturm pen loops? Do you guys buy those? Use those for anything? Hmm. I've nope. never used them. Yeah. Um they're really great. I didn't realize it until not that long ago. They come in a bunch of different colors. Um so I opened a Baron Fig Metamorphosis confidant that I had, the the pink one. And so pretty. It's so pretty. Um and the accent colors in that are sort of like a royal blue, like dark blue, but not navy. And I actually came to this conclusion around the same time somebody in our group posted a picture of it. But uh, the royal blue Leuchtturm pen loop is almost the same blue as like the inside cover and the um, the bookmark for the confidant. So I picked one up. I think they're like $5 on Amazon. And stuck that in here, and it just looks like it was built in with this notebook. So I love it. I I always put it on the inside back cover, maybe about a third of the way down from the top. So uh, I don't put it quite in the middle. I like to keep it up there because I sort of naturally know which way is was which way is up that way, and also it's just easiest for carrying around a pencil. But yeah, I love. Um, I took a picture as per Johnny's instructions of my confidant with the pen loop. Um, awesome. and I took a picture of, uh, that blue Blackwing 73 in it and a, yeah. um, and a Futura, Ooh. uh, uh, JR Moon Futura pencil. Ooh, nice. Um, just because both of those, like the Futura is pink to like the notebook and the 73 is blue, like the accent. So yeah, it looks gorgeous. That's, I need to pick up one of those. Those look, those look great. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, actually, well, actually, the metamorphosis is out, is out of stock now. I meant the pen loop. Oh, the pen loops, yeah. I have, no, I have a metaphor, metamorphosis. I was actually just pulled that out the other day. I'm going to, yeah. I think that's next in the, in the, in the lineup for me. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, you can get, I had a, um, kind of a, a lime green, uh, Leuchtturm pen loop for my three legged juggler, which, because that was the accent color, mm-hmm. like of the, um, Ooh. bookmark. And there's even this is really if you're if you're using a lot so of key sorry exactly. they're not reusable are they no they're not okay the pen loops aren't um, well, I guess you could like peel it out and then take off the sticky part and reapply a sticky part like just use glue or something yeah um, but they're they're pretty tight if you use like a pen that's thicker than just a like a regular pencil diameter but it's perfect for a standard size pencil um, cool and what's really what's really interesting is if you have a um, a lock, a Baron Fig lock, which is the newest dark green uh, confidant. Um, that accent color is gold, and there is a mm. gold Leuchtturm pen loop. So, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. So there is a pen loop for every oh, <laughs> for every accent. 
for every occasion. Yeah. So I'm I gonna put one on my like jacket. Yeah. <laughs> you just <laughs> stick it. <laughs> stick it to on your the arm. inside of my on my lapel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like uh, Gundra just had a post on um Lexi Calligra about Paper World where they have like seventeen or nineteen colors of pencils now to match all of their notebooks. Oh wow. And he said they're made in Portugal, which points the finger to <laughs> you know who. Yeah. That's interesting. I um I really like Lloyd's term. I wish that they had some fabric covered notebooks because I would buy like I'm just so into fabric covered notebooks now. Um I would totally buy a Lloyd's term if it had a fabric cover. They're really good quality. I just got out the I haven't talked about it in a long time, but I got that master notebook from them. Yeah, yep. The huge, just like the massive one, uh, and used it for a while, and just of course didn't fill, <laughs> fill it up. It would take forever. Yeah. But I, I I pulled it out at, at school the other day and started using it for a for a writing project I was working on, and they are such nice products. Good, yeah. Good paper. I think you should and like look at your as kids. solidly constructed as anything. Yeah, you should pull it out when some kid is behaving badly and like look at them pointedly and then like write down in your giant notebook. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> even kidding. I did that today. No. No, I've got I have a, a group of students that's driving me nuts in one of my classes, and I like may, I'm not even going to get into the details, but I made this whole system of like how to try to get them to shape up and get some stuff done, you know. And I told them like I'm going to be taking notes in class, and that thing was sitting on my my uh, document camera cart that I've got in my room because I had been I had set it there and in the middle of class they just like wouldn't stop talking and so I just stepped back <laughs> opened up that massive notebook that's that's really funny that you said that because I just like wrote and started and I looked up for a second and then I wrote and then I looked up for a second and then eventually everybody started shushing each other and they stopped talking <laughs> <laughs> I totally did that today that's so, amazing <laughs> that's amazing great man. mind <laughs> so I mentioned a little bit those future pencils um for some reason, I don't know why, I became a little bit obsessed with some of the older ones. Um, you know, uh, CW Pencils coordinated with um, Musgrave to make like a new relaunch of the future of pencils. And, you know, back in the day, it was Richard Best and then eventually J.R. Moon um, making making those pencils. And I don't know why, I went on kind of an eBay binge and I bought um, a bunch of the old ones with a pink stripe and one of the... Um, slightly older ones with the solid like purple ferrule. Um, oh, nice. I'm looking for the ones somebody in our group posted. I'll see if I can find it. A uh, really great picture of um, the, uh, like the oldest, at least that I found future pencil with like a plastic ferrule. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. Future pencil. Um, dang it. This is, this makes for riveting podcasting. Johnny, hit the mouth harp. <laughs> Natalie Tabor. Uh, <laughs> we need some filler. She posted. Drop a drop a beat. <laughs> she she. she <laughs> every time we start talking, just. This is and Andy going. Drop a sweet posted, rhyme. She posted her seven different future pencils, including the newest one. Um, but yeah, I a little bit obsessed with future pencils. They write pretty well, but they're just so interesting to look at, like like a pink pencil and they're not it doesn't seem like they're particularly like geared toward women like somebody didn't make like it's a pencil for her um it's just really pink which is awesome 
So Charlotte's like super into those pencils. Yeah. Yeah. I like them a lot. Um, haven't really sat down to write with them yet. Um, I've just been like collecting them and looking at them. Um, so my last fresh point <laughs> then is, um, I think I mentioned it before, but I got my Hobonichi five-year journal in and I've been using it. Um, and it's, it's a little rough going when you're filling it in for the first time. Cause you don't have that ritual of like looking to see what you wrote last year. Um, but I've been writing in it. I I've discovered that the, um, that like grid that they use in there is super small and tight. I think I actually need to write up, like take up two squares with, with my writing. Um, and also the Tomoe river paper drives me nuts a little bit when I carry it around <laughs> in my bag. Um, the edges kind of get bent up. Uh-huh. It's kind of like carrying around a Bible. Like, you know, I remember carrying around like a, like a, what's the Catholic version of the Bible called? Well, that version you of the Bible. The fireside edition, the red one. I think so, with the really, really thin pages. Yeah, we yeah. Have, to have that one. At all yeah, it, and the corner like bends up. Um, and it reminds it me of, of carrying around the uh, like the Norton anthology in college. Yeah, <laughs> had to do that too. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and so I I think it's gorgeous and I really like it, but I think I need to get a little cover for it because I need to protect the the sides of the paper a little bit. I have a. I've been carrying around my Seven Seas writer again. Mm, I hadn't mm-hmm. been using it for a while, and it's it, it came with a sort of I had to, I ordered a like plastic slip case for it, and that does help a whole lot because it just adds you know maybe an eighth of an inch of buffer at the on on mm-hmm. either side so that the paper the the pages aren't rubbing against everything in your bag. That's a good idea. And so that doesn't that doesn't give me any problems anymore. But but yeah, I had I at first it would it was constantly folding in on itself and. Yeah, and all that. So uh, I really like it. We'll we'll see how I feel like later this year about it. I'm I'm trying really hard, and I could probably use some advice from people who journal more than I do. I tend to just by default, especially when I have that limited space, just sort of like recap my day um, instead of like you know what I'm thinking about or kind of like what's going on in the world. Um, partially because I have such a space constraint, like I can't really like elaborate on a lot of that. Um, but how how do you guys kind of like keep? from just talking about, and maybe you do, just recap your day. Um, I don't know, but like, I kind of want to use it like what kind of mental state am I in or what am I thinking about on this day in this year? Yeah, yeah for that, um, I, if you get one of those daily um, well, diaries from Moleskin, those work pretty well for that. But they don't have a five-year version. Yeah. So you sort of lose that advantage. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. you could do it. You could get the big one and just like draw a line and use it for like three years. Yeah. Well, I, re- I really like, I like, I mostly just wanted to try it. Like I was thought this Hobonichi was really gorgeous and wanted to try it. Um, but I, yeah, I do kind of like the idea of having multi-years there. It's almost like time hop or Facebook's on this day or something, but analog. And I think that's yeah. a, a neat thing. Yeah, Paper Blanks like, makes a 10-year journal now. Ugh, pretty yeah, awesome, such a crazy but also commitment. like daunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Today I got I, a smartphone. <laughs> with uh, with journaling, like the, the question about journaling, I I I definitely am like feel hyper aware when I start when I sit down to journal and I realize how many sentences start with the first person personal pronoun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's like, I I this, I this, I this, I this. A- absolutely. Like, oh, gosh, it's so annoying. And so I I do have days where I sit down and I. I don't really, I don't want to like limit myself too much, but I do have days where I just sit down and I say, 
almost as like an act of empathy where I sit down and I was like, I'm just going to write about other people, not in like a gossipy way, but I'm just going to write <laughs> about um, others. Like I'm going to write about whether it's an observation or whether it's, uh, you know, somebody that I'm thinking about or concerned about or somebody that has like had an effect on me. Yeah. Uh, so it's still about my own experience and stuff, but it just keeps me from, cause yeah, I always, <laughs> my problem is I always end up just kind of bitching about whatever's going on in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a little too much to the point where I'm like, this is not healthy. I, <laughs> my life is pretty good. Like, I don't I don't have to complain this much. No, this isn't unnecessary, but <laughs> that's a good, that's a good tactic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for me for fresh points. How about you, Johnny? Well, um, for my first fresh point, um, when Charles Beltzheimer was on, I think last time he talked about a project they were doing with the University of the Pacific where they were going to put out journals called the John Muir Observer Journal, mm. where um, there's some excerpts from John Muir's famous journals and then a blank book for you to fill in. So I picked up one and they sounded really cool. And um, they're released under the Forest Choice brand. But when I got it in hand, it feels more like a Blackwing product because they upped the paper. It's got 100-gram paper, and the book is, like, heavy. It's, like, really beefy. But it has the, um, you know, sort of brown craft cover that you expect from the Forest Choice line. Did you guys see this at all? I, yeah. I've seen it. I haven't picked it up yet. Yeah, I don't I have one. To. It's sort of like a um, A5 moleskin style book, but the paper is like amazing. It's really, really nice. Hmm. And the, one of the cool touches is at the back, there's an index, and on the opposing page, there's one of John Muir's indexes or indices. Hmm. Yeah. If it was there, and it's not like overdone. It's not like this is a John Muir book, like write your own John Muir book. It's like, so they inspired. So is his is his stuff sort of like spaced throughout, or is it? No, it's um, just a little bit at the beginning, and then the um, the end pages. Hmm. So it's pretty cool. It wasn't, you know, this is. I guess this would be a thing to really, really overdo it, and just you know, be a John Muir book that you could also write in. But it's well done. I feel like I don't want it to be in the Forest Choice line because. I don't know. It's a little more expensive and a little nicer than Forest Choice stuff is. Yeah. You know, those pencils are like three bucks for a dozen. These are, what were these, 22 bucks, which is not terrible, but yeah. that's more like Blackwing price. But and they're, they're really, really nice. I'm really, really happy with it. I do have um, to point out that the title, or like the name of them, the John Muir Observer Journal, like makes me think of the rural juror on... Uh, Thirty Rock because it's just <laughs> Thirty Rock. The Rurger, because it's just kind of a, this is kind of a mouthful. It's like kind of trip over. <laughs> That's it's hilarious. Just a, yeah, just a humorous quip. John Murr Observer Journal. Just a humorous little uh, <laughs> quip there. I, I think the, the name of it's fine. I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not criticizing, but it just made me think of the the Rurger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I asked Charles if they knew anything about. Um, what John Muir used to write with because I mean, obviously he didn't use found pens. Yeah. Traipsing around, you know, jumping the fence with a bag of bread and some tea. Mm -hmm. But so he's going to look into it from the folks who have, I think it's his papers are at the university of, of the Pacific. So we'll, yeah. we'll report back on cool. that. I definitely think they should have called it the, the John Murinal. 
I wish I could high five you right now. That's what I. (laughs) 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 That was even better than a high five. Oh, man. (laughs) I was buzzed in my tooth on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, in other new new books, Notebook news. There's the new Vanguards from uh, Baron Fig called the Portals Edition. Did you guys see those? Did you have them? I yeah, I saw them. I didn't. Get yeah, them, though. same here. Yeah, these are like candy colored and with blank paper. They're really really nice. I feel like how do I say this? That sound like I'm bashing Baron Fig. Um, when they had the limited edition uh, pocket ones, they used to call the um, Apprentice. I feel like the quality control was not always what you'd want, but like lately it's like spot on. The spines are all, you know, perfectly sewn and everything, which I noticed has been for a while. I just never really picked up on it until recently. Yeah. But um, they're like super nice book books. They're super cute. They're like ultra adorable. My kids were like, can I have one? Like, yeah, okay. Are these pocket sized? No, these are the uh, flagship size. Okay. Yeah. I wish they would bring back the Apprentice. Yeah. The little tiny ones. Those were so cute. Yeah. That Seer was like one of my favorite limited edition pocket notebooks ever. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, and one more fresh point about notebooks. Field Notes has come out with a bunch of new stuff. So many new mm. stuff. Yeah. So, Andy, you got the um, Alphabet Soup books, too. I did. Right? There was a big rush to get them from... Who had them? Um, it was Mondo, Lan-Lan, Mondo, Mondo, Landland, uh, Field Notes, and I feel like oh, Burlesque. Uh, yeah, yeah, Burlesque. DDC yeah. didn't have them, but yeah. they're the other letter in the alphabet. Yeah, I, I, I think I misunderstood originally, like what they were made out of. I thought they were dead prints because um, they kind of yeah, looked I dead, did dead too. prints too. Um, but they're they're actually more like. Um, the two rivers in that they are like layered like designs from each of these places are kind of layered on top of each other. And then there's just that big blue foil stamp of field notes on it, which I just think it makes it look amazing. Yep. What do they call it? Totally turquoise. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And the, the, the grid inside is really nice looking too. And I appreciate that. Yeah. They didn't, um, they didn't just make them blank like the other dead prints that they did a couple years ago. They just like there's a grid in grid in there. So I bought a bought a couple of those. I'll <laughs> add them to my giant giant stash <laughs> that I'll never get that'll never get through. But the yeah. inheritance for your yeah, for your <laughs> some of them. Well, then, Landland sold out within the, minutes, didn't they? Um, they did, but then it was like a glitch. They had more. Oh, good. Okay, that's good. I bought mine from Landland. They came pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Field Notes had those cool, um, like a second edition of their Valentine's Day pencils. So I bought a pack of the um, County Fair in the the Washington D.C. edition that I didn't need because I really wanted one of those pencils. And then last Wednesday they had a This Is Wednesday sale where you got a two pack of notebooks called the Heartbeat, which mm-hmm. matched those pencils, and you got the pencil. So. You know, that was two orders I bought to get something else Yeah, in, like, the space of a week. But now I have, like, a big pile of new field notes, so that's cool. Did you guys get the um, the Heartbeat books? I had filled my cart. Like, I was ready to do it, and then I backed out. I, my, my, oh, my God, they're so I cute. know, I really Same here. My, my practical brain took over. I was like, no, stop. 
you don't need it. I, I kind of regret it. So, I kind of, I feel like I missed out, but I, no, it's all right. I got so many notebooks. Yeah. Same they, here. They did custom practical applications. Oh, cool. For love, including number nine recipe, which I thought was pretty awesome. And what was another good, really good one? One Corinthians correction. <laughs> that, that was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they also have, which I don't have in hand, the signature notebooks, which we were talking about earlier. They're um, basically blank. Um, uh, oh, my God. What was it called? The dime novel. Dime box. novels. Unbranded dime yeah, novels. Yeah, they're the same uh, form feature, and then they have blank, and then lined, and am I right that they made the paper less um, yellow? I, th- I think a so. A little brighter? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, so those look super nice. I'm going to get some of those. They're 15 bucks for a two-pack, but they're like, what, 77 pages? That's not, not a bad deal. And um, moving away from notebooks... Back to pencils, like we talked about. So our friend Dave Tubman in the UK sent us some really, really cool vintage UK pencils. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. God, like a month ago. Including the Statler Countryside, which is the most adorable little pencil that looks super Irish for this time of year. It has like It's natural with a green, uh, green stamp and a cute little font that says countryside i'm hmm. really obsessed with this pencil he sent us each two and i almost didn't send you guys each two i almost kept them <laughs> i'm a horrible person and i really like them i was like no i don't be a <laughs> yeah i don't know what you're talking about yeah there was some there was some really really cool statler pencils in there i was really happy really happy to get that cool package thanks a lot dave but yeah, dave that was, was awesome i was such a serious collection Okay. That, that I was just going to point out that I forget the name of it because it's upstairs because I was using it earlier. But the the natural pencil uh, that came with a, what was that one called the uh, the Statler? Ah, oh, crud! I'm sorry. This is bad podcasting. Countryside. Countryside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one was I like that one a lot. And there was there were yeah. two of those in there, and I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And so <clears throat> I actually put it. We have a like a white dish on our the island like a little like rolling island in our kitchen and i we just set kind of like random things in there and i went up there and realized that three pencils had accumulated in there four sorry four pencils had accumulated in there the muji 2b from andy the statler countryside a like four inch long blackwing 211 and then one of those round natural pencils and uh johnny that you sent me like three years ago Oh, this thing, which I like was obsessed yeah. with. Cool. So I had four like beautiful natural pencils that had all collected themselves at that one point in my house, and that made me made me very happy. <laughs> the only four pencils there. It's like a nudist colony. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right in the middle of the kitchen. The best, <laughs> the best place for a nudist colony. Yeah. <laughs> I really like. Also, he sent that uh, barrel turquoise mm-hmm. uh, pencil with the like the white cap on the Ooh, end. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah, that one was really cool too. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, it was super awesome. And I only have one more fresh point, and that is that there's the Baltimore Pen Show coming up. Um, yeah. Before we record next, and I went. You're going to go protest, right? No, I'm going to go hang out with a flask. <laughs> um, hey, Brad, Daddy. Oh, boing. In 2015, <laughs> but this year it's in. It's actually in Baltimore, not at you know near the airport at some dumpy hotel. <laughs> so that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I think Brad's going. I think I'm going to. 
tie him up and hold him over the harbor until he agrees to not use pens anymore. <laughs> I can't do that. He's, he's got like a foot on me. He could totally kick my ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll smile the whole time. <laughs> a lot of sharp, extra fine no, so, fountain so, pens yeah, there, if, too. That things are dangerous. Yeah, if, if folks are heading down, we'll probably talk about it in the Facebook group. Do like a meetup or something. Some sort of meetup. <laughs> well said. <laughs> I am nothing if not articulate tonight. <laughs> That's why I have the mouth har- harp to like yeah. to like emphasize your points. <laughs> yep. Alright. Moving on. Yeah. How about you, Tim? What are your fresh points? Uh I've just got a few. Uh, the first one I'm going to start. Actually, the first two I've got are both related to my brother-in-law, who has become a very loyal pencil disciple. <laughs> that's that's an overstatement. He's he's on his own here. He has gotten to the point where he is sometimes he's texting me and he seems more interested in the stuff than I am because uh, he's got <laughs> or like more more uh, enthusiastic in the moment. Like I'm like trying to keep up with him. It's pretty awesome. He's but, just new to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. he's like. He gets it. He definitely gets it. And so he sent, he'll send me these texts all the time about like a pencil that he's found. Uh, I guess the, the principal at the school that he teaches at is also like a pencil nut. And uh, and he he actually like reached out and was saying you know, the principal at our school loves the Triconderoga or the uh, – is that what they were called? The black ones, the Triconderoga? Was that what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he yeah. loves those, but like he also knows that they're sort of crappy, but he thinks they're great. And so, like we threw, you know, we, we talked about it, and then got him the laddie, the tri laddies or whatever uh, to replace mm-hmm. him. And he, oh, those are nice, those even more. Yeah. So, anyways, so two two things came out of him. So he's a poet, and uh, and he sent me this, which I want to start with, which is a quote from the Paris Review interview with Rebecca West, and uh, just wanted to share this. It is. Uh, my memory is certainly in my hands. I can remember things only if I have a pencil and can write. And I think a lot of us would agree with that quote. So, wanted to mention. I'm not it. writing it down to remember it. Exactly. Later. Yeah. I'm writing it down to remember yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it made me think of. But I, I love yeah. it. I can remember things only if I have a pencil and can write. And because that is maybe the truest statement that I could make too. <laughs> like I never remember anything. <laughs> Even if I can like write it down on a random scrap of paper and then like set it on fire, I'm still more likely to, to remember it than uh, just trying to say, okay, I can't forget to do that. Like I could write down a scrap of paper and then never look at that scrap of paper again. And it's just this how my brain works. So, but the other thing related to my brother-in-law is that he sent me a message and he said, Hey, I found this pencil and I've been doing research and he was sending me these YouTube video links that he had found that uh, I'm sure people would recognize, but these, just these videos of trying to find the best pencil. He's like, I found this one. It was in my school. I have no idea where it came from, but it's a Staedtler Norica, a black Staedtler Norica. And I, I love it. It's perfect. And he was talking about like sharpening and how he actually, he usually likes a super fine point cause he writes really small, but with this pencil, he's actually found that he likes to just let it go like all the way down to the bottom, almost like a marker and just rotate it and write with it and not worry about sharpening it. And I think he's totally right. There's some pencils that are just perfect for that. I think jumbo pencils kind of fall in that category. Uh, and the reason yeah. he said that is because it, uh, it has a, a little bit of a wider core in the middle. I think he was exactly right. But so he said, I went to Staples to buy some more. I got them and they were total crap, which uh, they were just awful. And he's like, why are they so different? This is so frustrating. And I, uh, you know, did some research and he did some research. And of course we found out 
that in 2014 they stopped making them the same way where they they weren't made with the which we I think we've talked about this before but they weren't made with the cedar anymore and they just the quality went way down so um well I just wanted to brag on our community because he was like I, he he he's pretty he uses pencils a lot, but he uses them for note taking, and so a box of pen or you know, two dozen pencils would last him forever. And he's he just told me basically that this was his grail pencil, like that he just loved it so much of all. And I'd given him tons of pencils that he's been trying. It's his Palomino HP for me, you know, and he he loves it so much. And so I he's he said I wish I could find some twenty fourteens, and I said start a timer. <laughs> so we're going to try to figure this out for you. <laughs> and I went to our Facebook group. And it took me 22 minutes to have made a trade to secure him a 36-pack of the 2014 Statler Norcas. No, that's awesome. And also, like, beyond that, like, even some more people, like, offered it. And I was like, I guarantee you people out there have them. And so he actually came in this weekend for a a funeral. Actually, Jane's – my wife's grandfather passed away uh, this past week, and he came in for the Mm. funeral and was able to – cheer him up with a, a box of pencils that he is like thrilled to see because it's like a lifetime supply for him so the group is amazing the high minds i have to give a big big props to to randy and d uh, uh d harper in the in the group because they were super helpful and they were able to help me get plenty of them to give to him uh to keep him stocked to keep his teacher desk yeah. stocked at uh his his school in georgia so Big props to that. That's awesome. That was, yeah. so that, was a, that was just a fun, fun story. Just like where we were able to to find a solution really quickly. Uh, the only other yeah. thing I was going to mention is that uh, Andy, you uh, tipped me off to a super amazing and exciting tweet <laughs> from Caroline Weaver at CW Pencils, and she said, "Okay, baseball people, what's your favorite scoring pencil? Working on a sampler pack for the baseball nerds among us." And there's nothing I would have. You know, there's there's almost no tweet that I've liked more than that in the last, in, in the recent weeks because I'm they so, know their audience. I'm so so pumped up about baseball that it's just like insane. Like it's a sickness. I can't. Uh, it couldn't come soon enough. And I uh, just got to thinking about it. That I think it's a really cool idea to work on the sampler pack. And a few things that came up that I thought about. Uh, like right off the top of my head, I ran through a bunch of pencils that I would recommend for it. And I said the Tombow 2558B, Blackwing MMX, Nautaraj Platinum, Extra Dark, the, the 2B one, the black and black and silver striped, General's Test Scoring 580, Mitsubishi 9852EW, and then, of course, the Palomino HB. But the, the, the reason, I just got to thinking about it, because scoring baseball for a baseball fan, like if you're a baseball fan who scores a game and I even do it from home sometimes, which is like super nerdy, but like, I, I just, I, I love it. It makes you feel really close to the action. Like you're really like not missing a beat in the game and that choosing a pencil isn't like a practical thing with that activity. In my opinion, it's not about what's going to hold the point for the longest, you know, like baseball is not that kind of game. Baseball is a, is a game that is a slow burn right it's not the action-packed football game that like you get eight seconds of crazy action and then five minutes of sitting and doing nothing uh baseball is like always moving forward little by little and so it's all about the slow progress and so i think that with choosing a pencil it's more about the the feel like you're choosing a pencil that has a good feel to it and a good uh kind of vibe 
around it, you know, that you'd want to hang out with for a long time because the game's a long, it's you know, three hours that you're watching this game and keeping track of score. And so you have to think yeah. about something that's got like a little bit of a softer lead, but also that you're going to really like have a good feel on the paper with it the entire time. And you're not going to have to sharpen it every five minutes, even if that means that it gets a little smudgy, that's okay. It, but it's just about yeah. kind of sticking with it. And that was just really fun to make that list. Um, and I, th- I, I hope, um, they, they make this happen. The, the sampler pack for baseball nerds, because I think that is a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caroline. So please, please do that. Uh, and I also, see, do you see what I just tweeted? No, no. I said we move. I moved to call this the Tim Watkins sampler <laughs> no, pack. No, 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 no. So, no the Chicago Cubs 2016 World Series champions sampler would be <laughs> perfectly acceptable. But Tim Watson, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. That's sketchy enough. Um, but the other recommendation, which also brings up something, I was just going to point out to everybody, is that we talk about pocket notebooks a lot, and I recommended to uh, Caroline that they carry these uh, notebooks by a company called Ethos League. Which is, uh, EFIS is this baseball term for when a pitcher who's throwing, you know, 90 miles an hour suddenly throws a 50 mile an hour curveball. That's just like a cartoon curveball that curves and it's super slow. It's called an EFIS pitch, but it's called EFIS League and they make uh, scorecards for baseball, but they have refined scorecards and kind of minimized them and you can actually buy them in a, it's kind of like a dime novel sized notebook that you can put in your back. It's a really good backpack. size. It's perfect. And they're, they're yeah. super cool. Uh, I love those things. So I, if you ever, if you haven't seen those, or if you're a baseball fan, you should re- definitely look up EFIS league. They even, they've partnered with some other cool companies to make uh, hats, like with Ebbets field flannels and really cool shirts. And, uh, but their, their score books are really cool. And they also make these kind of semi pocket sized ones that are, yeah, I mean, you don't want to miss out on if you're a baseball fan. So, Look those up with EFIS, EFIS League uh, scorebooks. But, all right, cool. well, that's all I got. So let's get on right. to the main topic. Let's talk about contemporary replacements for the irreplaceable things in the stationary community. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, we, we had a couple different different tracks that we were just kind of discussing. Um, and I even posted it in the Facebook group and got some other interesting requests. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I'm wondering, one of you, Tim, I think you were the one who kind of originally came up with the idea. And were you thinking, you were thinking more about like, you know, replacements for limited editions like America the Beautiful or Night Sky or like Field Notes or mm-hmm. Blackwing 211s or something. That's um, mostly what I was thinking of is like kind of a anecdote to always waiting for the next thing to come out. Yeah. So that it's you know, that you can take it easy and not always be anticipating and hoping that something comes out that's going to, like, fill your desires. That if you've seen something that you like, chances are you can find something else that is in the same ballpark that will you, that you'll enjoy yeah. and doesn't have to always be this constantly um, wanting something new, 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 new all the time. Yeah. And and so I, so I heard that and I kind of, like, took that to um, a slightly different level in that, like, you know, what are some contemporary replacements to like some like old fashioned since discontinued things? I think so, that's good too. Yeah. yeah. So like um I was thinking about like the um Everhard Faber Noblot mm-hmm. copying pencil. Ooh. 
um, some things like that. And, and we got some really good uh, ideas from the group as well, mm-hmm. which we'll kind of read through a little bit too. But yeah, I'm I'm totally interested in talking about like, yeah, some some limited edition stuff that's made to be very finite that we can't get. Like, I think the example that you brought forth was America the Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, that one's interesting because there's like a couple different things going on there. Like there's the, you know, the cover design, which is kind of that old fashioned full color halftone, um, like overlay that they have. Yeah. Um, and something like that, you know, is kind of, kind of replicated in the campfire edition that they did this fall. Right. Um, but which is also, but, which is also limited yeah. edition. So uh, that that's still available at the moment. I think in the um, the field note store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I should probably actually check that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I don't not know sure. If it is. I actually was just there. So but, I'm not sure. <laughs> but that's but that's weird because like yeah, what's like how do you replace that with a yeah. a thing that is kind of currently being made? I don't think it's, if that's the kind of thing you're looking for that style. It's not there. By the way. Oh, campfire the campfire's gone. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So they're still. Correct. I'm sure they're still around. Damn. But yeah. So I with with America the Beautiful. If we're going to start there, I mean, you're looking for a notebook that has a sturdier paper. That's also mm-hmm. uh, on the smoother side, right? Um, yeah. And it's it's thick and it's smooth and it's kind of creamy and it has that really wonderful like double line um, underneath the header. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is nobody's going to do that. That's, that's not, I mean, you're not going to see that anywhere else. I mean, yeah. in, in my head, I, as I started to think about that, as I recommended it, there were two possibilities. And, and Johnny, you've mentioned one of them uh, when we were talking before they recorded, but uh, the two possibilities that come to my head are actually both perfect bound, which is not what America the Beautiful is. But the two that come mm. into my, my head are the right notepads lined uh, pocket notebook, I think is a, is, is pretty close. It's, I don't think it's Mm -hmm. as smooth or uh, it has its own kind of personality to it. Uh, but it has the kind of feel of the, the, you know, even the the paper colors on that, that side of the spectrum, I think. But the other possibility that came into mind, which definitely color wise doesn't match up because it's so bright, but the paper is so heavy and so smooth is the black wing clutch. I think, yeah. I think that the Blackwing clutch Ooh. is a good replacement. That if you love America the Beautiful, as far as using it, not just collecting it and I don't know framing it or whatever people do with it, but um, is the the Blackwing clutch. If you get that line, yeah, uh, it's it's a different format, but it it opens flat, which is great. Oh, but and the it, clutch, the lines are uh, sideways. Is it really? Mm. Yeah, the lines are. Oh, um, as you, you know, I actually the, didn't. They really want you to use it sideways. I actually didn't know that because I only uh, all the I have two sets of clutches and they're all uh, either blank or dot grid. So I didn't, I had missed that hmm. or had uh, ejected that from my my uh, memory. But yeah, I actually use them that way. I like I like the uh, stretch. Yeah, I don't I don't really have anything against it. I think I would I would use it use it as well. But paper. So, so maybe not as far as the the line side of it, because but uh, but the paper quality, I think it's a good. And good there's option. some uh, there's some some really good Clairefontaine notebooks that have that like nice thick supple paper as well. Oh, like yeah. it's a little bit maybe a little bit smoother, but um, yeah, they have a few, and and not even just Rodia. Like Rodia is pretty specifically like very smooth, but there are, I'll have to look it up. But I think there are a few Clairefontaine paper options that might match that thickness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other notebooks you guys think of like that 
I you would long for a yeah, replacement for. You know, the, my my two favorite editions are America the Beautiful and Night Sky, um, mm-hmm. as are I think many others too. And you know, they did kind of replicate the Night Sky with um, with a reticle grid on a few other notebooks. Mm-hmm. But it's again <laughs> limited edition notebooks. Yeah, they did. I mean, they do have the pitch black. Yeah. Right. Which came out. Which do they still sell that? They do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, they do. So yep. I mean, it's not the not the exact same thing, but at least I mean, people who are new to this who might be listening and and they find out about these old editions that they're trying to hunt down. I mean, they might not know it's there. They probably do, but it's worth yeah. mentioning the pitch black is a is at least a, a yeah. cousin of the <laughs> of the night sky. Yeah, I think that the um, the Blackwing two eleven is one that we've all sort of mm-hmm. talked about um, or thought of for something like this. Yeah, um, and they did. <laughs> they pulled a they pulled a field notes over there at Blackwing mm-hmm. because they had a really beautiful natural wood uh, extra firm pencil, um, and then they only they only sold it to subscribers. Yeah. So, speaking of this pencil, can you guys back me up on this? Yes, I haven't. I swear it's softer than the usual. Extra firm. It's softer than the twenty four and the five thirty. The um, the hundredth anniversary edition. Yeah, I swear it feels almost exactly like a two eleven, just a little harder. Uh, yeah, huh. I think it's definitely harder. I don't. I haven't. I haven't had that feeling, and I've I've used two of them. Yeah, I've used up two of them, and I I think it's. I think I think it is harder or uh, softer than the twenty four for some reason, but not not by a whole lot. Maybe twenty five percent softer or something. Yeah. But I think for the Blackwing 211, and this is a pencil that I mentioned earlier when I was talking about the baseball scoring, I think a, a pretty decent substitute, which is also a Japanese-made natural pencil, is the uh, Mitsubishi 9852EW, uh, which I've... Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a nice pencil. I think that's a good option. Like, if you're trying to substitute, it's probably a little harder than the 211, but it's got a good feel as far as good natural feel and has a really good eraser on it. So I think that pencil, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of it anyways, but when I, if I were to ever run out of 211s, I think that would be my next step. That would be the next thing that I would use as far as a, as a good, super high quality Japanese uh, natural pencil. Because I think it is harder than, or I mean softer than an HP, what it's labeled as. Yeah, these new Muji pencils, I think if you hack winged them, would give a good uh, two eleven replacement. That's true. Ooh, that's yeah, that's hack winged. Yeah, they're like really smooth. And I would, I'd be interested in Andy. I mean, I like this one enough that I'm probably gonna have to Im- Im- employ you to. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to get send more. You, yeah. Send you some some funds to because I want to try the HBs too because I think the yeah I'd be interested because the the two B even seems a little softer. That I wonder if the HP would. Would feel yeah. um, even even. Oh, darn! I have to go back to Muji. Oh, I'm so sorry to burden <laughs> you with that. Um, I hate that. Yeah, uh, but yeah. that's the yeah. But that's a that's a good call. But I, I still think I mean the 9852, the environmental like recycled one is a good. Yeah, is a good analog for that. That's a good. That's a good one. And I think the uh, as far as other pencils, maybe in the next one we could talk about would be the. The USA made yellow pencils, uh, such as I mean, I mean, of course, we all think of the USA made Ticonderogas, and um, and I, I mean, I also think of Mongols, right? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the Mongols that were pretty huge and pretty ubiquitous that are now 
uh, gone or made elsewhere and made much more cheaply than they used to. And it has, it's just such a specific uh, aesthetic that people understandably would want to have something that fills that, that void. And I think it's kind of implied that with this whole discussion, we're talking about like practical daily usability. We're not talking about collecting. We're talking about things that function in the way that these older or irreplaceable limited editions or old pencils would. Things that just sort of like perform like something or just sort of like have the same general like ethos. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. definitely. And so like USA Gold, uh, I think Johnny, you mentioned that in the in the document we've got here, is a is a clear first choice, like a first place to stop. Uh, but it doesn't feel the same to me because uh, USA Gold is the the paint, like the lacquer on them, is thinner and it feels mm. generally cheaper. I, I love them and I use them all the time, but it doesn't have the same feel as when you're when you pick up an old. Ticonderoga that just has like a heft to it. You know, it's, it's, it's good, thick paint job on it. And those old, same thing, uh, with the old, with the old Mongols. Mm. So I don't, I don't know where, where to go from there. What do you guys think? Uh, besides that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. Cause yeah, the one thing about the old, like USA made Ticonderogas, yeah, where, that they're just so noticeably heavier than mm-hmm. like, their modern counterparts. So I don't know, like maybe, maybe like a general semi hex. Yeah. Like it's, it has some heft. It's not, I feel like it's not quite as dark, uh-huh. but it, it has the heft. It has the brightness of the yellow paint. I think it's like pretty thick too. And it has kind of a cool, unusual feral, like yeah. a, like a model. Yeah. That's a good call. And so maybe, maybe like a, yeah, semi hex. Semi hex is a good one. I was just going to say, and I just haven't used one of those in a while and had, had forgotten about it. But with, with generals, they have that whole line of yellow pencils that we talked about when we did our yellow yeah. pencil episode. But a lot of them are on the cheaper side, like more on the USA Gold side, or maybe even less than the USA Gold. Yeah. The problem with the generals is they're not so ubiquitous. You can't just like roll out to Target and get some. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I feel like Generals, like, I really love them as a company. I love their pencils, but their quality control and their yellow pencils is just really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been bad for, like, a long time. Mm-hmm. Super inconsistent, yeah. Must be, like, dark in so, that room or something. Get some compact fluorescents or LEDs in there or something. Because it's been, like, at least since the Blackwing MMX came out, when I bought my first semi-hexes, that I noticed that their yellow pencils are just not up to their usual snuff for a general's product. Yeah. They seem yeah. really tactful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, they, they definitely seem uh, on the inconsistent side for, for whatever reason, as far as the coloring and the, the paint jobs. And, and we talked about that when we it was really early on, but I remember talking about the semi-hex itself even and how sometimes you'll get one in the paint just like runs up the ferrule up the side. Um, mm. And yeah, I've had a lot where the wood runs up the ferrule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I they, had some of those too. It's like they just jammed it on too hard or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm like, were you mad at your pencils that day? Yeah. So I think the the kind of and this might maybe this would be a controversial discussion, but with the original Blackwings, if you've used the original Blackwing six hundred two, um. 
Is the Blackwing 602 the best analog for that one? Is that the best stand-in for the original Blackwing? I I feel like it's been painstakingly discussed so much in the group, but I personally think so. I think they do a really good job of replicating uh-huh. the uh, the feel of it. And and honestly, like I think I like the new Blackwing 602 better. The Palomino Blackwing 602? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think the, the wood is a little less um uh what i'm trying to say like splintery uh-huh. yeah, yeah yeah it's less yeah it doesn't have that like sort of, it doesn't fracture is is easy yeah. and i yeah i mean i definitely agree with you and that was one of the first posts that i put on my defunct long 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 defunct blog oh i missed that blog yeah the, yeah remember the writing arsenal i do yeah. uh, <laughs> that's how we all met yeah yeah for sure and that was one of my first like uh I guess like more widely read posts that then I just stopped doing it. But with just that, that hot take that the, that the, the new one was actually better than the old one. I, I yeah. enjoyed it. Cause I had, that was before that was like long enough ago that I was able to get two Blackwing 602s for, I think $35. Like the original ones, like the, the Eberhard Faber ones that I was able to find them for $35. And now I don't think you get two for that, that cheap, even close to it. Um, but I remember being so pumped up about those coming in the mail and then sharpening one and being like, eh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is cool and all, but that was, that wasn't as like life changing as I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after, after having used the Palomino ones. Yeah. Um, so there were a couple couple really old pencils that I I think share kind of a common set of characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blaisdell calculator and the IBM electrographic. Um, they're both they're both round pencils. Um, they both have like pretty dark writing and pretty good point retention. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them are long gone. Um, the Blaisdell being like gone for much longer and uh, fetching like 50 to 75 dollars on ebay for pencil yeah. which is crazy um but i'm really interested to know if i actually i don't have an answer to this if either of you have come across a really good kind of like replacement for that something that's that's yeah. round like a good steno pencil oh but dark well, um dark and good point retention too so generals made the ibm pencils so they're oh, i didn't know that pencil is yeah they have the same core hmm. but it's not round yeah but it's semi-x sort of round yeah. You could sand it. Uh, <laughs> round pencils are so <laughs> hard true. to come by, which is, uh, it's kind of a lost little branch of the of the pencil world. You don't see a lot of, yeah. like, a really good quality round pencils. I don't know why. I don't know why. So I've been thinking about, um, I, I don't know if this is true, but I've been thinking about the um, the Epsara Steno pencils. Um, I think that both D wrote a review of it in the Weekly Pencil, and I want to say that maybe... Mike Hagen did too, but it's a um, it's a round steno pencil in HB that and and being the steno, it's supposed to be round and it's supposed to be like have good point retention, but I don't know how dark it is. So I actually, um, they're yeah. they're nice. They're not anywhere near as dark as the um, okay calculator or the electrographic. Yeah, but the point lasts a lot longer. Okay, yeah. So maybe they're not a yeah adequate substitute. The, but if the general's layout is dark and round and got that. Like, the electric graphic is just, like, a little wider than a regular round pencil. But it's not smooth. It's sort of, like, 
chalky because that's extra carbon. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Does does uh, Pencils.com still sell the round uh, HBs? What are, mm-hmm. Do you remember what those are? The the, uh, uh, the Imagine or whatever yeah, they're called? Yeah, I think that was what it was called. Do they still make those? I'm, 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 I don't I'm know. Were they, they had round ones? They yeah, did. It was the it ones is. that were like... There it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they, they do still sell them. Uh, so that might be a, a good replacement for those. The, the Palomino Imagine series, they come in a 10 pack. And yeah. And they're like uh, 13 bucks. You can get them in Rainbow. Yeah. There's like a. You can get them in Executive Set, which feels very 90s to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Which is like black, silver, white, gold. I need these in my life. Yeah. I, I can't believe I haven't tried them yet, but um, they're. Oh, are you sure these are these are um round? I have one of the gray ones. It's definitely hex. Almost... They look like they're hexes in the picture. Really? Uh, I suck. I'm like raining on your parade. Do they? <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah, these are hex. They are. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's even like they're pretty though. Yeah. That's just pointless then, because why would you want that? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I I never ordered them, but I had them. It just stuck yeah. in my head that they were round. I think I thought they were around too. So, yeah, I forgot these exist. They're so pretty. Yeah, they don't talk about them very much. Okay, everything sucks. (laughs) (laughs) The world is a cold, dreary place. Uh, Well, that's why we're doing this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, if anybody has a suggestion for a for a good round uh, round pencil to replace those, then we'd be definitely. Uh, eager to eager to hear it. Yeah, and of course, um, Johnny, I think you put this on here. Um, the old uh, Eberhard Faber uh, Janus sharpener that made that really razor sharp concave point. Um, like the Pollux is, of course, a good kind of modern day replacement for it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's a that's kind of a no brainer. Mm-hmm. But it's. Yeah, it's it's also not, not that much cheaper than if you were to buy a Janus from eBay. <laughs> yeah, at least it's easier to get the blades for it though. Once you have to yeah, that's them. true. Um, that's true for sure. Do you mean go through some of the uh, the things from the Facebook group? Please. Oh, or the Facebook post? Yeah. Well, one of, we didn't talk about the Noblot. Do you want to say like? Oh, that's true. So maybe the Noblot, and then you can go through those. Um, yeah. So the two that I found, and it seems like Johnny, you found a couple others. Um, uh, Koinor makes um, a indelible uh, copying pencil. They're blue. Uh, it's their 5160E, and I'll have a link in show notes. Um, there's uh, $17 for what I believe is a dozen of them. Uh, they make one. Um, there is also the Viarco 272s that they sell at um, CW Pencils. It was part of their their vintage collection when they came out with a bunch of pencils that were similar to old ones they had in like the mid 1900s. Uh, and I don't know if those are limited edition. They doesn't seem like they're going away. Like they're still selling them. So I'm hoping they'll stick around. And those are more of like a violet than a blue. Um, and Johnny, you had a couple too, right? Yeah. Um, Generals makes one apparently. Huh? They, I thought it was a vintage pencil when they had it at CW, but it's still in production, but they don't have it at CW anymore. Okay. So, yeah, there goes that. <laughs> and um, there's a company called Veritas. I think you can get them at um, oh, what's that woodworking company? You I, you can Google them. They make a line of pencils. They're made in the UK, I think. 
but they make um, indelible pencils. They have like a, vi- a violet ink. Oh, these are pretty. Um, that's cool. Yeah, they're made in the USA. It says. Oh, cool. Yeah, are they? That's even better. Oh, Lee Valley. That's the. Um, the yeah, book. Lee Valley. Oh yeah, those are made in the USA. They're other. I guess their graphite pencils are made in the UK, which I've never tried. They, and, um, do you remember pencil things made one? Yeah, um, it had Comic Sans on it. Oh god, I you know I love Don Bell, the proprietor. I loved like writing for him, but whenever he would come out with like a classic, like pen, like a pencil things branded set, it would be in Comic Sans. I'm just like, dude, <laughs> yeah. But it's um, so fun. Vi- yeah. <laughs> it's so casual. Uh, that that Veritas company also makes a red one too. It looks like according to Amazon. Um, so do you know anything about pencil things? Um, the the website's still up, and they have them listed. The website's seventy five. The website's still up. The new owners, after they took over for the guy who kind of like such as it is, launched my pencil writing career. Uh, so Don sold it to some people who really just wanted to do um, like bulk sales and Amazon sales, and weren't really interested in like having like a blog blog aspect of it. So um, yeah, as far as I know, they're just still holding steady. I don't really know anything about them i think their website hasn't been updated with like new products for like 10 years yeah um there's also apparently a company called sola who makes something called a wet dry carpenter indelible pencil oh i have one of those from uh dr hans okay i'm just looking on they're like three feet long and that like a size of your thumb they're awesome yeah and then, of course, um, Derwent makes an Inktense pencil, which is also that same water-soluble ink. Um, so, yeah, those are just some options. I have no idea. Like, I don't know enough about them to know if they are, like, which ones are most similar to the Noblots. Um, I don't know if you have any any um, insight into that. but So, the um, none of them are. The Noblots were kind of hard. At the yeah. end, because they used to have like different grades of them, and then at yeah. the end they just had the one that was like pretty hard. But I mean, they all do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. They actually work better than the Nobots. You had to press pretty hard to get the ink to activate, or even get onto the paper, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, some other some people from the group, um, Logan wanted was talking about those uh, peel off eraser sticks, like the. Um, uh, they look like a grease pencil almost, and you peel off the the edges. Um, he says you can't find those anymore. Um, and actually, there's some on Amazon. Uh, Prismacolor makes a peel off magic rub eraser that does that same thing. Um, they are not cheap. They're this can't be right. This says they're thirty six dollars for one. <laughs> Sucker. I don't know about that. I'll I'll do some searching and see if we can find some that are not thirty six dollars, but. That seems that seems like a lot. Um, <laughs> Carol Carol in the group had a really great uh, picture that she posted of an old uh, newsroom that she used to work at in what looks to be the seventies, and they have a paste pot sitting on the desk. Um, and so I like sort of know about paste pots from reading about it, but I don't know a single thing about like what kind of paste it was. Um, you would use them for like paste ups, like literal, 
like you know you would typeset paste ups and like mocks of the page and run that through like a like a photo printer um uh, do, do you do you guys we may be too young do you have any insights into a paste pot um i always had ones that were rubber cement well, yeah in high school and that's what yeah, yeah we had those around yeah that's what i was thinking too like i remember i had a like a jar of rubber cement with a brush mm-hmm. on it that my mom had that was really really good at pasting things and if you gave it a good sniff, you could like get a little lightheaded too. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes thinking about these though makes me. I'm told think of the uh, Eberhard Faber pencils that had the like brush that was attached to the end of it, which I think was it was it like a. Oh yeah. Did it, did I have an eraser it on the to, bottom, like an eraser pencil? Yeah, there was an eraser on it, and you would use that to like kind of yeah. erase um, just finely from something. But still, yeah. I just like yeah, Faber Castell still makes them. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I just, but I would like to challenge people to, <laughs> I would like to see somebody do a hack wing with one of those on the end of a, on a black, <laughs> like where you can like get the rubber cement thing and like detach or like clip off the, the brush <laughs> and attach it to the end so that when you erase, you have a little brush on the end of it. I don't know. I think a that, brush wing. A brush wing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You can use it for shaving. <laughs> <laughs> Shave wing. So yeah. yeah. The shave wings. So as far as paste pots go, like I don't quite know uh, the purpose of them beyond just like brushing on paste from a pot. And if, that, if that's the case, like a jar of, of rubber cement should do you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I so so a few things like I, I guess I guess there's some distinctions here. Uh, a few people posted pictures of just like old tech and old office supplies that you know other things have sort of replaced since then. Um, John and the group uh, misses rulers with calculators kind of built into them. And they were really cool. I actually have one that was my grandfather's, but uh, <laughs> we don't really need that now. We have phone, like calculators in our phones and spreadsheets and things that calculate automatically. Um, so, like, like I guess not like anachronisms aren't exactly what we're we're looking for, but things that just kind of have the same feeling, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I Yeah, it's a it's an interesting topic to think about and one that I feel like I haven't thought about fully. Um do you guys have any more ideas for things that like, you know, aren't available anymore whether it be a limited edition or like an old an, an old thing that is no longer conti- like no longer made? Those are the major ones that I I mean, I can think of. I mean, there of course there you can get really get into the weeds with the notebooks. Uh Yeah. As far as you know, saying well, all of these field notes notebooks, <laughs> every edition of field notes that you'd want to be able to replace. So it really only makes sense to to focus in on certain ones. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean those are those are the main ones, and the reason I pointed out America the Beautiful is that it is a singular edition. There isn't much else like it. So a lot of the editions that come out are kind of can. I mean, frankly, I mean, I would say as somebody who's not a collector. Of field notes that I think if, if you're talking about usability, there are a lot of the special editions that could be replaced by the craft notebooks mm. and you'd be just fine. Right. I mean, yeah, you get the, the line, whatever the, the grid is that you like and just don't forget that those are still out there and those are still really awesome notebooks. <laughs> I still yeah. get those now and then that, I mean, maybe it won't have as sexy of a cover as the, the one that you're trying to replace, but as far as usability, it's going to be perfect. It's going to, it's going to make you proud. So it's going to make you very happy. So I think don't, don't forget about that. 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah. On that note, um, yeah, send us, send us if you have them something that you use um, that kind of fills the same need or the same niche as something that you can't get anymore. Mm-hmm. We, I think we'd all love to know that. Yeah. If you've if you've gone through this this gauntlet and have fi- figured something out, where you're like, you know what, this fills the need that we that I've been missing out from from something else. Yeah, exactly what Andy said. It'd be great to hear from you. So, thank you for listening to episode ninety of the Erasable Podcast. I am Tim Wassum. You can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum. You can find me on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. The show notes for this episode will be at erasable.us slash ninety. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash erasable podcast. You can also join our awesome Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash erasable. Uh, Andy, where can people find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at uh, A Wellfle, A W E L F L E, and on Instagram at the same. Um, or you can find my blog at woodclinch.com. How about you, Johnny? Uh, my blog is pencilrevolution.com. I'm on Twitter at Pencilution, and I'm on Instagram at my whole name. Hey, uh, I didn't mention that you can follow Erasable Podcast itself on Twitter at Erasable Podcast and on Instagram at Erasable Podcast. Once again, the show notes for today's uh, episode for this episode will be at erasable.us slash 90. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you at episode 91. Yes. The intro music for the Erasable Podcast is graciously provided by This Mountain, a collaborative folk rock band from Johnson City, Tennessee. You can check out their music at www.thismountainband.com. Wonder